The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 non-stop destination for A's baseball. It's time to go inside the front office of the Athletics with the general manager of the A's, David Forst. Here now is the David Forst Show with Chris Townsend. David Forst, the general manager of your Oakland Athletics, joins us here on A's Cast Live. David, how are you this week? I'm well, Chris. How are you doing out there? We, we're doing well. You know, we're talking about how people watch the game of baseball. And obviously, we're, we're teaching people how to keep score. I keep score of every single game. I've done it for many, many years. It's how I keep track of the game and how I talk about the game in the postgame show. So when callers call up and they say, in the third inning or the seventh inning, i got to make sure I, I've got an accurate account of what has gone down. As a general manager and as a front office person, how do you watch the game? Uh, with one eye closed, usually. Um, I uh, I don't keep score. Uh, luckily, I have the internet to do that for me. And, and <laughs> unlike unlike you or or Bob or someone, I'm not subject to answering questions about the specifics of the game right afterwards. So I don't have to keep a a record in front of me. But I do understand that uh, that need. Um, you know, I I, I watch. You know, I watch live behind the plate. We have a we have a box, and and I I have the center field feed because I also like to see the the pitches and the specifics. And then, you know, we have our our in house program. Uh, I can go back and look at Statcast data on every play, or or, or recall video to to look things up. And um, you know, our group, our baseball operations group, you know, we can't sit together. And, uh, you know, we have a text thread where we can talk about different plays and things that happen, or or you know, try and guess what what's coming up. So there's a lot of conversation going when I watch tonight. You know, I, I've thought about this for years about how whether it's a manager or a head coach, where you got to talk to the media after the game. Like you've been through this, uh, you've had very little time to cool off, especially after very tough losses. And here comes the media. They're coming in and they're going to ask you questions and they have an agenda and they have a job to do. And sometimes that agenda is pretty, pretty rough. Just how much do you respect, you know, whether it is a baseball manager or a a head football coach or someone like Steve Kerr with the Warriors that like right after the game, you've got to take the heat and you've got to answer those questions. Yeah, you're right. And and I think it's an under you know, underestimated part of, of the job and Bob is brilliant at it. I, you know, I've, I've been here with a number of managers and Bob is as good as any about, um, you know, putting the emotion aside when he, when he gets in that room, whether it's, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes after the game, but um, it's hard to do. I mean, there, there are nights, tough losses. I don't want to talk to anybody for a couple hours after the game and, and, you know, have to have to go in and, and face the media, and, and I get it. It's you know, you you want to be accountable to the fans, and, um, and it's part of the process. But it's it's a tough thing to do. Like I said, I you know, I I'm so happy with it, with how Bob handles that just about every night. So AJ Puck, uh, let's see, it's four o'clock. I'm not sure if he has actually thrown this bullpen we've heard about. Uh, what is the plan? We've been hearing that throw a bullpen. If everything goes good, he could throw to hitters. And, and, and then what? Talk us through what kind of the plans are right now for AJ Puck. It's different for every guy, you know, based on the injury. And there's always a throwing progression to get you 
back to the point where you're on the mound and then uh, you know you got to feel comfortable on the mound going 100 percent before you can see hitters so, um you know there are guys who, who move through it quickly depending on the severity of the injury I and mean, we saw Jordan Weems missed a little time earlier in the year, um, but progressed quickly and then was healthy and options down to the alternate sites. And, um, you know, with AJ, where he got the shot in his shoulder, took some time off, and you got to play catch. You, like I said, you get up to the mound. So, you know, it's great. He, feel, he felt great every step of the way. Uh, his velo in the bullpens has been basically what, what we would see from his velo in the pens in a normal season. And, um, yeah, he, he, he will see hitters hopefully sometime in the next week. Um, how he progresses from there is, you know, it's it's just a matter of how he recovers and how he feels. It's it's hard in a season like this. Normally, you get to put him in a triple-A game and, and see how he reacts to the adrenaline and, and how, you know, how hitters fare against him. In this environment, you're, you're just working off simulated stuff down at the alternate site and, and hoping you can make a, a judgment based on that. So uh, he'd be, you know, be great guy to add to our pen at some point, obviously, but we're going to make sure it's a hundred percent. Yeah. The weapon he could be for you guys, you know, kind of like last year and the fact that he did it last year, it means he's familiar with the role. Just talk about the weapon he could be for you as you start getting closer to the playoffs and then inside the playoffs. Without a doubt. And we saw it with him a little bit. We obviously saw it with Jesus last year in September um, you know, you have that guy who can, you know, sort of bridge from the starter to the back end of your bullpen is huge. And to be able to go multiple innings as well, uh, because we've, we've worked our bullpen hard, no doubt about it. Those guys have been fantastic, uh, but they've had to cover a lot of innings. And, and despite this being a, a shorter season than usual, there's still, there's still a ways to go and you hope to play deep into October. So we're going to be very aware of how hard we work the bullpen and, and to add a, the guy, you know, we, Birch did such a great job in that multi-inning role. JB's done it a few times. We saw, you know, Cap come in and, and eat up two innings and a blowout the other day. So uh, it's important to have some options down there. And if AJ were able to come in and give us two, two three innings at a time, we can go through the lineup once. That's really valuable for Bob and Ego to have. Yeah, my heart just breaks for Bird Smith. I mean, he was kind of coming into his own here, looking to have a, a great season, and he's now out and – Bob kind of alluded to, he's not sure if we're going to see him again this season. Can you give us an update and just, I mean, finally the guy was getting a shot and he was performing. I and mean, this is just, this is tough to swallow. Yeah, it was disappointing for him. And, and he, unfortunately, he's no stranger to rehab, having gone through Tommy John and a couple other injuries before. Um, but like you said, really sort of settled into a critical role, uh, you know, shining in a one and two inning spot where his fastball velocity played up and, um, yeah, it's just, it's unfortunate. I don't think we'll know, uh, kind of the time frame until he gets back thrown, which is, which is still a couple of weeks away. So it may be, maybe the rest of the regular season, uh, who knows, but yeah, unfortunate for Birch after, uh, after really doing a great job the first month of the season. I mean, obviously your team is pretty set at 18 and eight and the best record in the American league. And last time we talked to you, it was just, it was weird that we were even talking about a trading deadline coming up. Uh, you know, what is this? Is, I mean, this has to be the weirdest trading deadline of your career, right? For sure. For sure. It's, um, you know, as much as we sort of pride ourselves on making good decisions based on, you know, an abundance of information and that scouting reports, that's 
historical data, it's recent data, um, you're kind of flying blind right now. And, and all the conversations we've had internally about uh, potential targets, we've just, you know, we sort of have to throw our hands up and say, okay, guys, we're going to have to make some decisions without the amount of information that's comfortable. And, and you're going to take on some risk. Um, but but that's part of the gig right now. And it's great to be in a position where, you know, hopefully you're out there adding to this team. You know, do I know if it's going to happen in the next 10, 10 days? No. I mean, it's still hard to say what what the market looks like exactly, what the asks are going to be. Um, you know, the other thing is there's, you know, 25 teams right now feel like they're in a, they're right in there for a playoff spot. So it's hard to say who's, who's really going to be a seller right now. So we got a, we got a little ways to go before the 31st. Yeah. And, and not just talking about the A's. I mean, you're talking about 30 different teams that are out there talking and some of the players and probably a lot of the players that we're talking about minor league players that you guys are talking about, these guys are sitting at home. They're not even playing games right now. When you really kind of look at like what you're going to be dealing for, you're going to be looking at what they did last year because they don't have a resume for 2020. Right. That's, you know, that's absolutely true. Even the guys who are at the alternate sites, frankly, but, but are either prospects or haven't been in the big leagues yet. You don't have a lot of information on those guys. There, there has been some, uh, you know, centralized data sharing through MLB. So you get a sense of maybe what kind of shape guys are in, but, uh, but you can't scout. You can't send your scouts to the alternate sites. You, you can't really see what's going on. So it's, it's difficult. Like I said, we, we've sort of just had to, to say to everybody, okay, you're not going to get as much information as you want. You're, you're going to have to make some decisions without feeling as, as certain as you are uh, or, or have been in uh, previous years. So it's an interesting dynamic. It's, it's all part of, kind of this, uh, this funky 2020 season, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure where you would go, and obviously you're not going to give us the secret, but if there was a place, let's just say hypothetically, that you could improve on this club, where would you think that you could improve already a team that has the best record in the American League? <laughs> I, You know, I, I don't think anything is off limits. I, I think that's probably the case in every every trade deadline is, you know, some years maybe you know more than others where your team could use the help. But, you know, the same way, you know, we don't have a ton of information on guys we're trading for. Like, we're still figuring out what our team is. I mean, they've played great. There's no doubt about that. Like you said, best record in the league. Um, so, they, you know, we've done a lot of things right. But, shoot, normally I've got 100 games under our belts before we have to make the decision on, on where to augment our own team. So, you know, there's small sample sizes all over the place. And, uh, you know, you, you look at the bullpen, you look at the starting pitching, you look at the position player group of the defense, like, you know, we're going to look for the best guys out there available and, and maybe try and fit them in. Uh, the lug, part of the luxury of having a 28-man roster also is that you can, you know, maybe squeeze a guy in that you couldn't in previous years. So there's there are a lot of variables, no doubt, and uh, it's made for some interesting conversation. You know, Ken Korak and I were talking after the game about Sean Manaya. And in a normal season, we essentially would be in the first month, let's say late April. If the season started late July, we'd be in late April. And you'd say, oh, hey, really good outings, getting his feet underneath him. He's now one and two. But for some reason in the shortened season, you judge it differently. But if you were judging this in a regular 162, you're like, oh, he's one and two and starting to feel better. I mean, how do you feel about Shamanaya? 
yeah, in a regular season, he's got 26 more starts to uh, to go. I, I think everything has that sense of urgency, and you know, it's not that not that the games mean more or anything. I mean, everybody's got the same schedule. Everybody's playing 60, and and you know, I, I don't necessarily subscribe that like winning a game is like three. Uh, but at the same time, you you don't have that long stretch of kind of everybody get you know reverting to their their norms so to speak i mean you don't you don't have the process where everything evens out over 162 game season so there's there's some urgency i think bob talked early in the year about some shorter leashes just because you don't always have time for guys to work it out but but yeah the last two outings from sean have been incredibly positive you know five innings in san francisco five and a third last night no walks last night was huge i thought that was a big big hurdle for Sean to uh, to come out and throw strikes, got his four punch outs. And, um, you know, I think he's been very, things have been very positive for him the last couple of times. David, you're not subscribing to that. You guys have 48.6 wins right now. <laughs> it would be nice. Wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you just take 2.7 times 18. You got 48.6 yeah. wins. You guys are rolling. Yeah. Well, we had, a, then we had a 27 game win streak earlier. So that, that you would think that would be commemorated somewhere. Yeah, and and and, and that and, and speaking to the standings, I, you know, here come the Astros. I mean, very impressive with all the injuries and everything they're dealing with, an eight-game winning streak, and uh, they're not going away. And then plus, you know, we got the expanded playoffs. There's going to be so many teams in this thing. I mean, to you as someone who's grown up in this game. Is this the process of what we're seeing this season fascinating to you? It's different, no doubt. Um, it's, it's different than any other playoff hunt we've been involved in. Um, and, and, yeah, there's going to be a lot of teams. It's weird to look at the standings and try and do the math and say, hey, if we're, we end up with the best record, who's the eighth seed and, and how do we match up with them? And, and then, you know, even more so, it's likely a team that we haven't seen all season. So to go into a, a playoff series against somebody that you haven't played all year is, is going to be bizarre. But, um, but yeah, we, you know, we signed up for this. We knew it was going to be different. You know, you mentioned the Astros basically winning every night. I mean, they've, they've done a great job. That team is so deep um, and they've put, they've put together a pitching staff on the fly. Uh, James Click, their new general manager has done a really good job finding talent. Um, I, I don't think any of us, thought they were going away no matter no matter who they lose so uh we'll see them face to face next weekend it'll be a good series but we're focused on ourselves and and it's important to to keep winning games the national league west has fared really well against the american league west how impressed have you been by the nl west we've seen a lot more of them than uh than the usual season and and just frankly, just watched more of them because they're always playing against an American League team. So I've seen, I've seen more Rockies and Padres and even Giants games than I normally would. And there's, there's a lot of talent. I mean, that Rockies team came in here and uh, and gave it to us for you know two straight nights. They've got the pitching. They've got you know Blackman Arenado in the middle lineup. So that's a really good team. Um, obviously, everybody's seen a lot of the Padres the last you know, week or so, they've, they've made some headlines, uh, grand slams in four straight games, but we've seen, you know, we've seen them a lot on TV and, and watched them beat up the Rangers the last four games. So there's, there's some good teams in the West. Again, just, uh, you know, we'll have to hold our own against the National League as well as our own division. I want to I, I take you back to Harvard. 
And a young David Schwartz is at the plate. Shortstop for the uh, Harvard Crimson. And your team's up. I mean, it's the eighth inning. You're up like six runs. I mean, that's not that big of a deal. And it's bases loaded. You got a 3-0 count. That dirtbag from Yale on the mound is going to throw you a fastball down the middle. It's a 3-0 count. What is a young David Force doing? I didn't uh, I didn't get many opportunities to get big hits, so I'm taking every swing I possibly can. Trust me. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> You're swinging uh, out of your yeah. shoes. I'm, I'm swinging, yeah. And uh, and I wasn't doing what Tatis was doing most of the time as a result. So, uh, no, I, yeah, that, that was a big topic around the game. Um, the last few days, and I, I think, I, I think the nice thing is that you know it's a different conversation than it was ten years ago or twenty years ago. I think a lot of people recognize that uh, the idea of of taking three zero because you're up a number of runs. I mean, literally two days later, the Phillies gave up a seven run lead. So you know, in this environment, in today's game, there's no such thing as a safe lead, and um, yeah, and, and somebody said it. If you know, if you don't get more guys to swing three zero, make a better pitch. I think that's that pretty much sums it up. And and what scares me is the very next batter is Manny Machado, and Manny Machado. The Padres have made a very handsome investment in Manny Machado of three hundred million dollars. And I got to think, as a business owner. I don't want people just throwing at my $300 million investment. Uh, I, I just, it's, it's very careless inside the game of baseball. Do, do people view it that way from a business standpoint, especially from ownership? If I'm like, uh, let's say an owner and I've, I'm guaranteeing a guy X amount of hundred hundreds of millions of dollars. And I got another team throwing at him for no reason. You know, how does that work? I got to think I'm not, if I'm a primary owner, I'm not happy about that. No, you're not. And then you're thinking about that with any injury, frankly, you know, when you, when you make an investment in a guy and he's a big part of your, your lineup, your team, you're, you're thinking about, you know, not wanting to lose him to any injury, but there's, there's no place in the game for that. And, and I didn't, I actually didn't see it. And, and, you know, there've been a handful of instances this year already with guys throwing at, at, hitters or, or, or people feeling like they were. And, and it's, you know, I, I think, I think I can speak cause it's not something that we get involved with ever. Bob, Bob doesn't tolerate it and it hasn't, it doesn't happen, you know, on his team. And it's just, it's not part of the game. It's dangerous. Uh, and there's other ways to handle things. When Hazelus Lazardo takes the mound as a front office, how excited do you guys get knowing that it's just electric stuff coming out and it, it's very special? He's fun to watch. He was, uh, you know, his best best outing in the big leagues, maybe his best outing as a pro a couple nights ago. You know, he never gone six in the third inning. Uh, he has a chance every time out to, you know, to put up seven shutout innings and, and sort of look at him and Frankie the same way. Obviously, Frankie had a little bit of a hiccup uh, down in Arizona, but with that kind of stuff, uh, on any given night, you know, you can do something pretty special. So uh, it's great. It's great that Jesus is healthy. He's obviously finally caught up to the rest of the group in terms of, you know, pitch count and arm strength, even though he started camp late. And uh, yeah, we just knock on wood, got to keep these five guys healthy. You know, and, and the guys that you got in the outfield, 
I mean, the way they have carried the team. I mean, Robbie Grossman has just been phenomenal. We've talked before about Mark Hanna. You, you bring up Stephen Piscotti, throw in Ramon Laureano. Just talk about how your outfield has truly carried this offense. It has. It really has. I mean, with Ramon out, um, you know, for four days, we were a little concerned. Obviously, took the three in San Francisco without him because um, other guys stepped up. But, um, yeah, when you look at where the production has come from, I mean, Trapp had a big game last night. But I, I think both Matts would tell you that their production hasn't been up to what they expect from themselves. But you've got guys who picked them up. And, and, and like you said, Steven hits a couple huge home runs. Canna's solid every night. Robbie's been lights out, uh, just producing from that five, six spot and driving in runs. So it's, uh, it's fun to watch, you know, watch other teams have to go through this lineup. Let's end on this. I've been asking everybody. It's a quick season. It's a sprint. It's been crazy. There's only 34 games left. What have you enjoyed the most so far about this quick season? I, I've enjoyed that it feels like baseball i think we all went into this not knowing what this was going to be like and was it worth it and and all these things we had to do and what was it going to look like and feel like i mean don't get me wrong it's still bizarre to be in a an empty ballpark and and look down at thousands of you know the backs of white cutouts um (laughs) and and not see fans and sort of you know you you hit a walk-off grand slam there's nobody in the park to celebrate so um, but it, it feels like baseball and it, it, more than that, it looks like baseball on TV. I think, I think as an industry, we've done a great job of putting together, uh, you know, basically putting content together for the fans, um, whether it's, whether it's the cutouts or, or guys being mic'd up or, or whatever, you know, whatever you're getting on TV. Um, I think it's been fun to watch and, and obviously, um, it, it's been nice that our guys have played as well as they have. Yeah. And knock on wood. You know, cross your fingers, whatever you need to do, what you and the organization has done to keep your players safe, I think has been very, very special. And I, and I know you were you were very concerned about that, but I think you, you know, for you and, and, and all your people, you have to be very proud of what you guys have been able to do so far, keeping everybody safe in this organization. For sure. And it, and it you know, it goes to the players, too. I mean, those are the guys who have to be responsible, and our guys have been great. Um, and, and the medical staff, athletic training staff, they've all you know, harped on these guys, how important it is. And, and, and we still need to, you can't let your guard down at all. We're going, you know, we're going to Dallas and Houston next week where, you know, unfortunately in the state of Texas, uh, there's still, the virus is still very prevalent and, um, our guys know they need to be, uh, be responsible and watch out for one another. And, uh, you, you find your time yourself at times getting kind of complacent, letting your guard down, and, and hopefully, we're, hopefully we tell them that that can't happen. And, and we've got, like you said, 34 more games and, and some postseason to play. So just need to keep keep up with the protocols. Great stuff, David. Be safe, and we'll talk to you next week. Hey, County. Thanks. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.